0: This is DJ Dr. Chris. And it's your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. Today, I'll be talking about hip impingement. And I'll be talking about hip resurfacing.
1: And after that, we'll pop up a bottle and see what comes out. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. (laughs) All right, Bree, what's going on?
0: I'm not going to lie, Chris. Um, I got home from work today and I needed to already start drinking. So we'll discuss what I am drinking later on in the podcast. But we are just falling back into normal routine after our whole honeymoon it kind of sucks not being able to be on a private island anymore and having to stay in the house and go to work every day but besides that
1: yep, back everything's to back to normal yep. well today we have holly with us uh, she's going to be talking about our hip later and we're doing a whole episode on the hip so would you like me to start today
0: all right so what's going on in the rehab corner
1: In the rehab corner, we're gonna be talking about FAI, which is hip impingement. Stands for femoral acetabular impingement. When I get this diagnosis in, I'm like, ah, darn it, it's a pain in the butt. Quite literally, that's literally a pain in the butt, right? Holly, she's saying yes. Quite
2: literally.
1: (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) Uh, So what is? it's it's basically a bony morphology. So um, the hip is a ball and socket joint, a lot like the shoulder but the difference between the hip and the shoulder is the hip has got way more coverage. Um, The socket itself is larger than the shoulder socket. Uh, Inside the socket, there's a soft tissue called the labrum whose job is to uh, deepen the socket and make the hip even more stable. So for some unlucky people, uh, there's a change in the shape of the bone. Uh, So either the neck of the femur, which leads up to the ball, develops um, like a bony growth, or the inside, not really the inside, the the socket develops more of a lip. Either one of those can be really painful and limit range of motion. Uh, The first one that's on the the neck of the femur, it's called a cam impingement. And then the second one that's more of the socket is a pincer. Some people are really unfortunate to get mixed, which is both. Um, The cam I see being a bigger issue typically because as you move your hip, your femur into the socket in certain positions, it scrapes away at the labrum. And over time you get tearing and you get a lot of pain. Uh, and there's certain motions that are almost predictable that are gonna be painful. Usually it's hip flexion, so lifting your knee towards your chest, and any kind of hip rotation, either internal or external rotation. So this shows up a lot in squats. That's probably the biggest one I see because it's a lot of hip flexion and usually external rotation. Um, it's a, as a therapist, it's kind of a tough one. There's not a ton we can do. Um, A lot of times it's symptom management, it's um, usually the adductor or groin muscles get really fired up because they're probably trying to guard against movement. So a lot of times we're uh, releasing tone and tight muscles. Um, You'll usually find some sort of dysfunction somewhere, usually like a weak glute medius, so we're going to strengthen that. Um, Sometimes you can do some joint mobilizations, which will give a little bit of relief, like joint distraction, because you're getting less of that bony grinding um, and then there's things you can do too to play with the tilt of pelvis. Uh, if someone's in too much anterior, or too much posterior tilt, that will change the relationship of the ball and socket joint and can cause more pain. So, but what it really usually comes down to is modification of the, the patient's um, activities. So for someone like Holly, who's very active, and she'll talk about that, um, who likes to do CrossFit, that's a lot of deep squatting, it's probably gonna get exacerbated. Um, if someone just wanted to walk, they'd probably be fine, but for deeper end range motions, that's where they run into that, that bony pain, so that's what I have for you.
0: Well, Holly, I actually want you to talk about it now. Um, Tell us your experience with the hip impingement, how you first got diagnosed, what some of your signs and symptoms were, and like, what are you doing now to treat it?
2: Okay, Um, I'll try and make a a long story as short as i possibly can. (laughs) It's been quite the journey. I've always been an extremely active person, uh, wake surfing, horseback riding, gymnast back in the day. Um, At the end of 2015 and, you know, some of that year, I was having a little pain on my right side with those activities. I would hurt myself wake surfing over the weekend. Uh, My groin would feel better, you know, a couple weeks later, didn't think much of it. But end of 2015, I was thrown off a horse. It was a pretty, pretty bad um, accident. Um, I spent the next couple of years doing uh, a Rosti, which is like chiropractic massage. They use a lot of different techniques. Uh, Didn't find too much relief from that. Tried everything from massage to uh, CrossFit, you know, muscle, uh, weightlifting, et cetera. And then uh, in 2018, the end of it, Um, I actually went on my honeymoon, and at that point, I started noticing um, just by flying and sitting a lot and standing a lot that there was more of a problem. Um, My lower back started getting really, really bad. Uh, Beginning of 2019, uh, started being unable to sit for 30 minutes, uh, drive for 30 minutes. My whole entire right leg would go numb. It would, I'd have pain all the way up to my middle back. Um, at that point, I just knew my range of motion was gone. I hadn't gotten on a horse in two or three years, um, was barely able to work out without pain. It just, it just got really bad. So actually that's when I approached you guys, um, had an MRI x-ray showed cam impingement torn labrum on my right side, uh, both front and back. So the whole thing is torn. Um, but labrum intact on the left side, also a cam impingement on the left side, no pain on the left side. I uh, went through uh, PT at that time, had some relief with some of the like massage techniques and the release and all of that sort of stuff. And at the end of it, after it was about three months, I think um, decided to consult surgeons uh, after doing my research about surgery, decided to back off of that and approached a doctor who did prolotherapy and PRP and stem cell. So in February of this year, I started uh, uh, PRP, I did three treatments, um, had no relief at all, Um, and then finally in June we decided to do stem cell, stem cell with the combination of prolo, and that was just this past June. So from February to June, in PRP, in a lot of pain. Basically, I wouldn't say bed rest, but doing everything I can to kind of baby the accident. They also found some pubic symphysis diastasis, which I was having treated with Prolo as well to kind of close that gap. Um, but in June, I had treatments on my, for the pubis, the hip, and my lower back stem cell. And for the next two months after that, um, had more Prolo, and I have never had more pain relief at any other point in this four year now journey. Um, I was amazing, amazing for two months. I got back into physical therapy, um, middle of August. I was able to stand on one leg. I was able to lift my leg. I was able to do squats with minimal pain. It was incredible. Um, after about eight weeks of doing that six to eight weeks, uh, kind of towards end of September. My pain is now back. Um, a lot of muscular pain, a lot of the deep groin pain. I'm not able to go on walks like I have been the past couple months. Um, I'm still doing minor things, minor little exercises on my own. Uh, but the next step for me is definitely going to be reaching out again to have an appointment in December for potentially more prolotherapy, potentially more stem cell, and then We'll see how that goes. And then after that, it, it potentially may go into surgery. Um, my femur's flattened out at the point where it's it's getting there.
1: Wow, you really have been through the gamut. So it's yeah. interesting. So prolo therapy seemed to be the one that gave you the most release or relief?
2: 100%. Oh. Um, and what wow. was
1: the time frame between stem cell and then prolo?
2: So it was PRP and actually prolo combined, February, okay. March, April. Mm-hmm. Um, went ahead and did stem cell the beginning of June, um, also with some prolo in there. Three weeks later, I had another hit of prolo, and three weeks after that, I had another hit of prolo. So that was, I think that put me at the end of July was my last round of it. And uh, I mean, I went from a constant pain of a five to six to like a two. Wow, One to
1: that's two. Pretty, yeah. pretty that's
0: really impressive.
2: It so was it was incredible.
1: We should probably explain what those all are for listeners. I think pretty pretty much everyone knows what stem cell is. The idea is to rebuild the, the, the labrum. Uh, PRP, same idea, that's platelet rich plasma, where they take some blood from the patient, uh, put it through centrifuge and inject player rich blood back in with the same idea of hopefully this facilitates healing. So I wouldn't really expect uh, relief from it; it's more of a long-term try to heal it, and maybe then down the road some relief. Now, the prolotherapy—you uh, guys might have to correct me on this. I think it's sugar, right? They inject dextrose into the joint, I That's believe, to, yep. to trigger inflammation. It's yep. almost like a reboot of the healing process. Yeah, it. yeah, I've heard some good things about it. That's interesting. That's the one that seemed to, to yeah. help you.
2: So the so the yeah the stem the stem and the prolo those two. Um, now, the idea behind him doing prolo pretty aggressively after the stem is because my labrum is, is not supporting you know, my pelvic structure. It's not holding in my femur like it should. Um, and because the femur is flattened out, my whole joint right there needs more support. So the mm-hmm. idea was to strengthen all of the uh, surrounding soft tissue mm-hmm. um, and tighten it up to where it would hold that femur in place better. Yeah. So yeah, that that's, was the idea of it.
1: It's kind of the crux of the problem. I mean, it's the, the bone yeah. scrapes with the labrum, the labrum's job is to keep it stable. So the whole thing becomes unstable and scrapes more. It's almost like this downward uh, spiral. It's, it's pretty terrible.
2: Yeah, which now, which I'm sure other people with FAI, my pain moves, um, it's, it's usually constant in the groin, but it moves around to my butt, to my side, to my back.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: It's just, it's, it's frustrating.
1: Yeah, and that's what I see as a physical therapist. Almost everybody complains about the groin pain, and I think it's it's trying to do the job of what the labrum was supposed to do, which is stabilize. It's almost like going into override mode. I wonder if you mentioned a, a pubic diastasis. I wonder if the so if the adductors are really working hard. Maybe they're pulling apart pubic symphysis. That's, so I don't. I don't. That's a complication I actually hadn't heard about. Um, yeah, that was
2: that was something that that wasn't found until he. Um, my prolotherapy doctor uh, mm-hmm. looked, you know, via ultrasound. You can measure the bone spacing, and my bone spacing was a little more than double what it should be. So that was contributing to my whole, um, you know, the joint instability.
1: Wow, you do not have kids, right? I do not. If you, I'm just going to warn you: if you do plan on having kids, uh, I know. <laughs> yes, I right know. Expect more issues at pubic symphysis. Because uh, the know. ligaments will loosen even more, and it's going to become more unsteady. So, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm sorry, Holly. You had a rough ride. And I
0: was like, he just like just threw another little downer. Uh, like, <laughs> you're going to need some wine because no,
2: I'm I'm well aware. It's uh, it's again, like I said, it's it's been a journey with this thing, but um, yeah. You know, that's what you get for for being athletic.
1: Yeah, so uh, hockey players get it a lot too. And I always wonder is it this in the gymnast as well? Is it the sport that causes it, or is it that the sport kind of um, requires a lot of end range motion? And maybe a lot of people have this is they're just not exposed to that end range. So they don't do things that, are, you know, that take what's, that joint to a, a spot that's painful.
2: What's interesting to me is my right side, of course, is the worst side with it all torn up. Um, But the cam impingement is bigger, a little bigger on my right side. Um, In gymnastics, I always did more with my right leg. And It's funny that you mentioned
0: gymnastics because that is why we had a caller, someone um, messaged me on Instagram asking about hip replacements compared to hip resurfacing. And she was a cheerleader slash gymnast growing up. So I feel like a lot of hip issues come from the certain athletics you do as as you when you're younger going into adulthood.
1: Which does make sense. I and mean, we're seeing this a lot with like uh, specialization in sports. Like when I was grow, growing up, you, you played, you know, soccer in the fall, hockey in the winter, lacrosse and spring. But now it's like kids are playing the same sport all year round. So a lot of baseball pitchers. Like young kids with bones that are still growing are throwing so much all year and creating so much torsion through their humerus, through the growth plate, that they're getting morphology changes in the bone. And then they their whole range of motion shifts. So yeah, that's, I, I don't know which causes what, and maybe it's both, but it's definitely, uh, I think we're going to find out a lot more down the road.
2: I, I think so too.
1: All right. So uh, with that in <laughs> mind... <laughs> If surgery might be the option, uh, why don't you tell us about a little hip resurfacing?
0: All right, guys, for your weekly dose of BS, I can finally say that because I am Brianne Stevens now. Um, we had a, like I said, a caller call in, or not caller call in, that's crazy. Um, that's like old school, <laughs> but DM me in my DMs about hip resurfacing or a hip replacement. Apparently she's had some issues. She was pregnant, she got a high dose of steroids and then now her hip um, joints are not the same and her physician, her orthopedic says the best um, solution for her is a hip replacement. Now she wants to know what the difference between hip resurfacing is and hip replacement is. All right, so according to the Cleveland Clinic, People with bad hips have options between a replacement or resurfacing. So what is the difference? All right, most people that have bad hips have osteoarthritis, some type of arthritis that is like eating away at their bones or causing their bones to harden. Um, Ultimately, patients with hip resurfacing can um, have a little bit more activity after they have the procedure done compared to a total hip replacement. That is the main difference. It's like with a total hip replacement, if you were a runner, um, if you're doing like CrossFit climbing, any kind of competitive sports, that's gone forever. Now with the resurfacing, most people can go back to their normal lives. So let's see what the exact difference is. With hip resurfacing involves shaving and capping only a few millimeters of the joint surface. Instead of taking the whole joint out, putting it back in. That is the difference. Um, since this appropriate preserves more of than patient's natural bone, it reduces post-operative risk as dislocation and inaccurate length. Ultimately, patients with hip resurfacing can return to all their normal activities, like I said, and it works really well for younger patients like Holly or um, Carla um, to go back into their normal lives. The issue is Hip resurfacing is not for all hip issues. So anyone that has avascular necrosis, this is not gonna be for you. You need a total hip replacement. If you have osteoarthritis, they tend to do better with the resurfacing instead of a hip replacement as a younger person. So Carla, I hope that helps you, answers your questions. Um, If you have any other questions on it, please don't hesitate to contact us. We would love to do more research. But um, that's about it. That's all I have.
1: Yeah, I'll add that the resurfacing is usually minimally invasive. Yeah, it's done so it's a way easier procedure. And then you know, and if Holly's going that route, um, I think you're going to have the pretty. I don't want to say easy, but comparatively speaking, I've um, I've seen a lot of patients after they've had it, and they, they do
0: pretty well, generally. So you should ask your physician about resurfacing mm-hmm. instead of a total hip replacement.
2: I, I absolutely am, because a lot of the fear with the, the FAI surgery is that they do
0: dislocate your hip to mm-hmm. reshape it. And she asked me as well, because she still have kids, and I told her, yes, you can still have pregnant, you would probably have to have a C-section instead of a vaginal birth because of the replacement so but I mean that's what your ortho's there for that's what your gyno's there for I'm sure you were not the first one that has to go through this so don't let people scare you they've seen this before
1: (laughs) well I'm sorry you have had to go through so much Uh, I mean I'm glad you got to tell us your story so thank you for that because I think a lot of people are just starting off on that that path and they don't know what they're up against so right. you've really basically been down
0: the rabbit hole. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. But don't worry, Holly's not leaving yet, because we are all about to pop open a bottle and see. One, I know. I've been drinking. I'll
1: still play the sound, right?
0: <laughs> and see what comes out. We can pop open another one. I'm sure yeah, it's empty by now. <laughs> all right, All right, Holly, are you excited? This is like my sister, my sister, Bethany. Um, She said the first part of our podcast is boring, and she forced fast-forced the second (laughs) half, because she's like, y'all are usually drunk and just start start talking shit. (laughs) I was like, people need education, too, Bethany. (laughs) But so this is the fun part of our podcast. So usually what we're doing now, we have a special guest. We usually do like our happy hour, favorite restaurants in the Naples, Fort Myers, Marco kind of area. So. Do you have a favorite restaurant you would like to discuss today?
2: Favorite restaurant or happy hour?
0: Both. You can tell me both. Okay. Yeah, we can do both. Yeah, why
2: not? I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Bartulia's happy hour these days.
1: That's a pretty cool spot.
2: Yeah. I heard they're,
1: they're building another one, I think.
2: They are in Mercado. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I was actually there a few days before Halloween, and I hadn't had, like, a good pumpkin-y fall cocktail, mm-hmm. and, Uh. Really crazy. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. um, but i just asked the bartender like what she could do like whip me up something and she made me the best cocktail it was like this cold pumpkin ginger rum yeah.
1: Yeah. they have like straight up mixologists in there and yeah. the oysters and they have really good oysters there i love oysters
2: so their happy hour is i think the oysters are 50, a dollar fifty minimum of six of them i think that's what it was dollar fifty that's per a pretty oyster. good deal
0: that's yeah, yummy yeah. are they yummy though like yeah. sometimes that scares me
1: no they're yeah. I mean, they're not just like golf oysters which I try no. to eat.
0: oh well then that makes me excited oh okay so my restaurant for this week would have to be and i know this is probably like not everybody's like this is not a happy hour I for some reason have been craving Five Guys burgers, and I've eaten it three times this week. And I think (laughs) it's because because I've not had carbs in so long that my body's like, "What the hell is this?" Thank you, Jesus, for letting you have it again because I've I've just been down in them. You talking about the fries? No, the burger. The burger. The bun. The whole burger. I feel like it's a lot of carbs going from yeah. like 12 a day. Yeah,
2: but you, but you need like a month of just eating carbs at this point. Like hope stress so. I... is over. Just let yourself relax for a bit.
0: What about
1: you, Chris? Well, I'm totally unprepared this week, as I told you. So I'm just going to throw it out there. I know I like. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're at Bartulia, you can walk across the street and go to Trulux. I love Trulux. Yeah. It's just a beautiful place. They have great seafood. They used to do like a lobster tail uh, happy hour thing. I'm not sure they're still doing it, but it's an awesome spot. My wife likes it because she can get this martini that they put like dry ice in and it's like all foamy and stuff. It's cool.
0: It's um, it's not the orchid martini, but I know I get that one too because oh, it's, it's just pretty. Something. No, because it's the there's a black orchid at um, um, Ocean Prime. So I know it's not an orchid, but it's really cool because it just has. The- I
2: know the one at Ocean Prime you're talking yes.
0: about. Yeah, it's an so event. Good. Yeah. I just drink it because of the, um, the orchid and the little yeah. ball. Do you eat of the course. orchids? No. You can eat flowers, right? They're good. You can eat flowers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always eat the orchid.
0: Oh, see? Yeah, you can eat orchids. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I, drink, I drink my drink way too fast. So by the time the orchid's like melted, I'm already on like a third drink. So I have a brand new ice ball.
2: Mm. <laughs>
1: All right, are we gonna ask Holly some questions?
0: We're asking Holly and Chris. I don't know why he thinks he's about to get it. I tried to get out of it. It was supposed to be my week, but Chris. uh... (laughs) Oh no. All right, so we're moving on to our next segment. I said, Are you smarter than a PT? But since we have this wonderful special guest this week, it's gonna be just like common sense questions that everyone should know. All right, a farmer had 752 sheep and took one shot and got them all. How did he do it? Took
1: one shot.
2: Like he took a shot of alcohol and then shot them all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Got them all. Got them all what? He
0: got them all. All I reread it. A farmer had 752 sheep and took one shot and got them all. How did he do it?
1: I have no idea.
0: No, me neither. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> he took a panoramic view. Oh it's oh. so cheesy. So cheesy. Oh, all right. Next one.
1: I don't like that one. What?
0: <laughs> how many times how many times? Oh wait, I've already did that. Chris got it wrong. <laughs> then ask Holly, see if she no. gets it right. Okay, <laughs> I'll ask you, Holly, okay. Okay. How many times can you subtract the number five from 25? Four. One. Four? What? Four? Four? Is that your final answer? Are you, like, Kristen, going to blame it on the wine?
1: I said an infinite amount of times.
0: I know what you said. It was wrong. which is very wrong. <laughs> 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 uh, the answer for, is. Well, I have
2: no clue, so I'm gonna guess four. One. One. Oh. Yeah. My okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, other answer.
1: Yes,
0: yeah, I hate that one too. That was my other answer. Actually. All right. You were closer than Chris. You changed it to one <laughs> and these you start second guessing yourself. Yeah. Chris is just out and left field.
1: Literally infinitely closer than I was.
0: Did I say one? Right after You did said, say well, one. So you said so four. Okay. Then you go, no, one. No, four. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are five oranges in a basket. How will you distribute the oranges to five people? Such that one orange is still in the basket. Huh.
1: These damn oranges in baskets.
0: This one you have to think <laughs> because I was like, that's like a tongue twister. I couldn't even read it. Well,
1: you're going to reread it. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and reread it.
0: All right. Think about this. There are five oranges in a basket. How would you distribute the oranges to five people such that one orange is still in the basket?
2: You give one person the basket of oranges, and then they have to give four oranges to four people.
0: You are too freaking smart for this. Podcast. Is it right? Because Chris <laughs> did not get it. You got no, it no, right.
1: I knew it. I was letting her answer. I didn't want to. I was like,
0: he's lying.
1: I'm, I'm, impressed. I'm impressed.
0: Fake news. Fake news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm impressed.
0: We're smarter than the PT. Good. all right okay final question a guy is condemned to death he has to choose a room room one a fiery inferno room two 50 assassins with loaded guns room three a room full of hungry lions that didn't eat in three months which room is the safest
2: Mm.
1: I feel like 50
0: is assets.
2: I do too. Because you could at least like talk your way out of. A... Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, maybe they're in a circle and you just talk at the right time. They all shoot themselves. Yep. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
0: you were both wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Reread the question. No, it's too late. I already told all you right. one's wrong. Right. Room three, because the lions would be dead if they didn't eat for three months. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh golly, three months! Oh, golly. <laughs>
1: golly.
0: <laughs> Perfect. It's so obvious. I know it's so funny. It's like you just have to like be patient, and then it just comes to you. Man. I know,
1: but the dead airspace, like pressure, right? I say the wine.
0: The wine gets. You. I'm getting another one. <laughs> oh, and that's what we forgot to talk about, Chris. Um. So every week we, as you know, discuss which wine we are drinking. This week we are going to drink. a, Well, we've already finished one bottle, so we're about to open up a second one. It's a Barolo. Everybody. A Barolo. It's so yummy. Uh-huh.
1: So this. So this is a 2015 set. Yeah. Yeah. Quercia, Quercia Bella.
0: Quercia Bella. It's a Chianti Classico. And it is from, it's, probably Italian, right? it's from our wine cellar. It's Italian. It's an Italian wine. So um, we probably pronounced it wrong. So I'm going to spell it for everyone. It's Q-U-E-R-C-I-A-B-E-L-L-A. So it's 2015. It's pretty yummy. We've already finished the bottle.
1: I feel like it's Quercia, Bella.
0: Well, I'm going to go on to something I can pronounce. It's a Barolo. It is a 2013. And it is from Italy as well. So.
1: What a beautiful label.
0: Right? Mm Yeah, the Italian wines tonight. These is because it was free. (laughs) (laughs) Wedding presents? Um, Yeah, yeah, I guess so. No, his dad just dropped it off for us. He likes to do that sometimes. That's sweet. I'll, I'll go open it for you. So are you drinking anything right now? I am not yet. Not yet. That's what I like to hear. Not, not yet. Not yet. So um. for our last segment, we always do, we, well, we just started incorporating this as the good news of today. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's just to give someone like inspiration. I mean, cause a lot has been going on lately and I'm just like, <laughs> people need something to be happy about. So this one was actually from Instagram. Um, I don't know if anyone out there follows Cameron. She's from Southern Charles, um, Charleston. She's actually from Anderson, South Carolina. Cameron Wil- Wilberly. Um, she's used to be Eubanks. Um, she's actually from um, Anderson, South Carolina, um, where I grew up near that town. But she posted something um, about the California National Guard. Apparently, there's a bunch of fires going on in California and it's crazy out there. But there are these four to five guys that the California National Guard, apparently um, there were some couple hundred civilians that were trapped and they were surrounded by the fires in California. Two pilots led this incredible rescue, um, Joseph and Kip. It said that they were so dangerous that everyone was telling them to come back in, don't go, don't try to save them, you can't see, like you can't like look at your radar and see. So what did they do, decided to do? They went down there and rescued them anyway. Um, they used their night vision goggles, they searched for the land spot, the boat that the flames were around, got everybody on the aircraft, And they brought them back to safety. And I wanted to just give a like salute out to them. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much for caring about people that you put your own lives in danger to save others. So I want you to like recognize them this week. I love good news. Me too. We need it these days. Yeah. Well, that's about it, Chris. Shall
1: Shall we wrap it up?
0: I think we should wrap it up.
1: So once again, Holly, thank you so much. You're an awesome
0: guest. I know, thank you for so much for coming on
2: anytime if anybody has any questions about my journey or wants to know more is going through it wants somebody to bounce stuff off of please feel free to share my information email anything.
0: So what we'll do is on our instagram page um, underscore pop and underscore bottles, we will tag holly you have instagram right yeah we'll tag Holly's Instagram so that way you can DM her and then you can get her information and y'all can talk to her about it and if you have any other questions like of course don't hesitate to ask us don't forget to subscribe and listen and we will see y'all next week all right this is DJ Dr. Chris and it's your favorite nurse practitioner Bree this is Papa Bottles see you next week bye guys